Welcome back to What's the Deal with Alex. I'm a little bummed out because I was recording earlier and went to click close on the software thinking it was a different window, but it wasn't. So I just, when it popped up and said, do you want to delete this without saving? I was like, yeah, I don't want this. And then I immediately realized that it was what I had just been recording for like 30 minutes. So I'm going to start over <laughs> because I have no other option. And what, But it allows me to make some audibles and some, and some changes. I was already kind of, I already didn't like some of the things that I was talking about. So because I'm in list, I have the UN Security Council, but I, that's kind of boring, to be honest with you. No one is here to uh, learn stuff about the UN. Oh, let's, uh, let's just get into... Uh, non-political or geopolitical things that I hate. And I'll try to think of some stuff off the dome too, because I only have three here. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about stuff I hate or strongly dislike. And then one thing that I'm on the fence about, and then I'll, I'll play, I'm going to insert uh, the second part of me and Nick uh, interviewing, or me interviewing Nick. And uh, that'll be that. But first, Instead of talking about the UN Security Council and Venezuela and all that, I want to talk about people who stick their gum under chairs or anywhere that's not the trash can or down your gullet. Who are these people? So I've never witnessed it. I mean, obviously they're doing it sneakily, you know, but like whatever happened to getting a piece of paper and putting it in that and then put it in your pocket or something like, do you, you're, are you that entitled? Cause I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that they wouldn't do that to, to their own chair. They don't do that at a home. I'm not, I'm not assuming that if I were to go to that person's house, that there'd be gum underneath every chair in their house, in the couch, on their clothes, on their animals. Like, I don't think it's going to be like that because it's nasty. They don't like it. But hey, this stuff's not mine. Why do I care? I'm just going to put gum on it. And that, I mean, that kind of in a nutshell describes the decadency of, uh, is that the right word? Yeah, I think it is decadent. So like decadent means like decay. I don't know. I'm not uh, a scholar, but it kind of encapsulates the the demise of the decency of the average American. I still believe average Americans are very decent, right? We still give the most private money away to charity than any country in the world by kind of a lot. But what do we do about these people who put gum under chairs? Um, because I always have to think about like if I was president or if I had like complete power or if I had to just be president and work with legislative, you know, the, the, the Congress, Senate, and um, I would really try to make that very harsh. I know that in like um, Singapore, they, they take the, the cleanliness of their city very seriously. So if you're caught spitting or putting your gum somewhere where it's not supposed to be, you can get caned right there. And if you don't know what caned is, it's exactly what it sounds like. People, it's just a stick, and they just beat you with a stick. Uh, I'm down for that. Um, go ahead, pick a different thing. It doesn't have to be a stick. It could be a shovel. Um, it could be a chair, like WWE. Um, just come around and whack him, like with the chair that he put the gum on. Pick that up and hit him with it. I, I say him just because I think it's a dude. It just sounds like a very gross, entitled dude thing to do. But there might be women who do that too. And as always, one of my other solutions would be to deport them. Um, where? I don't know. I think we could probably trick them into getting on a boat and be like, okay, yeah, we're going to take you here. And it turns out there's no captain or crew. So they're just on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And so whatever happens, happens. They come back. They figure out a way to get back. 
and they deserve to be here. If they don't, they don't. We move on. No gum on seats. Pretty great. So, but I think I'm in the majority with this issue um, because it's the worst thing in the world to feel like rub your hand over something. Not, not like, like you're not doing anything. You're just kind of like feeling around, or I don't even know. Can't even think of a specific scenario, but you just know it when it's flat and then it goes over something and you're like, Oh God. And then you start thinking like, how long can hepatitis live on gum? And like, now I can't use that hand for anything. I have to wash it immediately because who knows what could be on there. So if you do that and you're listening to me right now, stop. I don't want your ears to listen to this. I need you to go away, renounce your citizenship and uh, go to Canada or something. Uh, the next thing that I hate um, is Starbucks, just in general. Their drinks, overrated. I worked there. I've worked for Starbucks. Um, I've made tons of macchiatos and tons of random crap. I used to open. Um, it's, uh, it's better when you're working alone. Uh, when it's a big establishment and you have five, six people working, I can imagine it, it's hectic, but the kind of employees they attract the type of customers they attract uh, are not the people I would be friends with, nor do I want to be friends with them. Um, I think their coffee is tastes like Folgers. I mean, it could just be regular coffee. I don't, I don't care. They, they try really hard to convince you that the, where the bean came from is important. And maybe some people could say that, but to me, I noticed that it tastes just bitter coffee bean juice. And then like the only good thing are like the sugary frozen like blended drinks, which I'm like, duh, I could make a, a frozen, you know, icy, give it to you and it'd be delicious. I wouldn't charge you eight bucks for it, but I don't, I just don't like Starbucks. I wish there was, they had like a direct competitor instead of like Dunkin' Donuts or something like that, because they're not as nice as Starbucks. I like the aesthetic and the feel of going to a Starbucks. It feels like a coffee house. Why can't there be another one that comes into the market? So I can vote with my feet, vote with my dollars, go to that place instead. Um, and, 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 and maybe not get coffee, but you know, there are some drinks that I do like, but overall I hate Starbucks. This next one is I'm going to spend the most time probably before we get into, into the Nick interview is, uh, if you don't do it, you may not know this, but, uh, Randy Newman is a person, uh, he's a man, supposedly, um, Randy Newman, my boy, Randy, we go, I call him Randy. Um, ran, ran, thank you, ma'am, Randy. And he did a lot of Toy Story songs. So that's how I know him. I'm sure maybe he had other songs before that. I, I don't know. I was not alive, but that's where I know him from. And the songs in Toy Story, like you got a friend in me, blah, 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 all happy. He seems like a cool guy, man. And then he has this song, which came out before Toy Story. So I don't know why he was able to still have a career, but uh, I'm going to play a little clip of the song. It's called um, short people, and you know, yeah, right. Short people, like like short in stature, like not tall, but short people. So you might be thinking to yourself, what could he have to say about these short people? Well, I'm gonna play a little clip just so you know you can believe me, and then I'll read through some of the lyrics, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll just I don't know, be speechless. Hopefully, I have something to say and can can you know get my thoughts together for this. But here's the clip.
So there you go. That's uh, like the chorus, I, I guess, of the song. Short People. So now I'm going to read some of the lyrics to Short People to you. So we just listened to the, like the first part, right? So it says, Short People Got No Reason. Short People Got No Reason. And then it says it a third time. And you're like, no reason for what? And it says to live. He says, short people got no reason to live. He may mean it literally. So it's like, you have no reason. No, he has no double negative. I can't even make it sound good. He just says, short people got no reason to live. And then this part is where it's really crazy. It says after it's the first, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know parts of songs, but the next like verse or whatever is they got little hands and little eyes and they walk around telling great big lies and tiny little teeth. Uh, they wear platform shoes on their nasty little feet. Uh, what? Excuse me? What now? Uh, what? What is it? I didn't know little people told big lies. Is it just big because they're small? So it's just like a relative thing? Like it'd be small to me, but big for them? I don't think so. What are they lying about? Being tall, being short? I mean, they are short. I, I don't get it. Who lied to you, Randy? What happened? And then he says, I don't want no short people around here. Okay. Uh, I guess that's uh, up to you. It's your prerogative. And and then I guess somebody was listening to it, the first cut, and we're like, yo, man, you got to like pump the brakes on the short people. Like you could say some stuff. It's the 70s. So we'll get away with it. But turn around a little bit. And so I, the next part, he says, short people are just the same as you and I, um, a fool such as I, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, short people got nobody to love. So we're right back into it. He's saying short people don't, can't, they can't love anybody uh, or they don't have anyone to love because everyone thinks they're repulsive, I guess. And then the final little biz says they got little baby legs. <laughs> they stand so low. You have to pick them up just to say hello. They got little cars. I'm not sure short people get specific little cars. That might be inaccurate. They got little voices. So it says they got little cars that go beep, beep, beep. And they got little voices that go peep, peep, peep. They got grubby little fingers. See, come on, man. Come on. Do you have to say grubby little fingers? Can you just say little fingers? I don't understand. He's just above you said they got little baby legs. Doesn't sound as bad as grubby little fingers. And dirty little minds? What? Man, he, good Lord. So then it ends with, well, I don't want no short people around here. And then that's it. That's the song. <laughs> uh, so I can't tell if I hate it or I like it. I, 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 I hate it because short people are people just like anyone else. Uh, I firmly believe that. But it is, they are funny because they're small. And I don't think it's wrong to say that. Um, you could say something funny about me. Uh, with my sound of my voice, um, something wrong with my face. I don't know. Maybe there's there's probably stuff about my physical appearance that is funny to look at. Uh, I'm fine with that. I've come to peace with that. And but at least I've never had a song written about me telling great big lies and uh, having little grabby hand or grubby hands and biting people. I don't know, man. This is crazy. Seventies were a wild time. I don't know how my parents did it, but. Uh, I want to think of one more thing. There's one more thing I want to talk about hating before we get into Nick's, Nick and I's interview. And that is, I don't understand 
why people hate Jews. <laughs> the the song with the short people got me thinking about Jews because it if you change some words in the title, it could be like a propaganda thing from the 30s and 40s that Germany would have used to talk bad about Jews. But recently there was a vote uh, in the government for the U.S. government to fund, or at least partially fund, this defense technology that uh, Israel has. And mind you, Israel is our only true ally in the Middle East and the only Israeli state that there is. There are plenty of uh, theocratic Muslim Islamic states out there, uh, but Israel has the one. And they have a thing called the Iron Dome. And the Iron Dome basically will scan the skies constantly looking for missiles that are coming over and will shoot them down before they hit Israel. And that's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty dope. It's pretty cool that that's like a thing that they can do. Obviously, that would be very, it's very expensive. Like you don't want that to fail. You want it to work. But there are a lot, there's a lot of pushback in Congress. The prominent Democrats were pushing back. You know, but they did it in a way where they didn't want to do it too harshly because they don't want to seem anti-Israel. Because being anti-Israel is kind of a bad look, especially if you're a Democrat. A lot, a lot of, a lot of Jews vote for you. Um, so I hate the fact that people hate Jews. I like I don't even understand. It, do do people who hate Jews do they hate Jews like the ethnicity ethnicity? Like, oh yeah, my parents were born in that area, but I was born in like Alabama. But I'm like, so technically I'm Jewish, but I don't practice Judaism. Do you still hate me? Um, if I'm someone who wasn't, but then I convert to Judaism, do you hate me? Uh, the rules are complicated on who you hate. Usually I try to keep my rules for when I hate stuff, like pretty simple and straightforward. Um, but anti-Semites and the lessers, I don't understand. I, I don't get the animosity towards Jews. They seem like really good people. Um, they've, they've had a really tough go of it the last hundred years. Um, I don't, I don't understand. And they're an ally. I mean, how many billions of dollars do we spend on uh, NAFTA? Um, we're talking about a, maybe a billion or so given to Israel so that they can protect themselves. Our only ally. It's our only ally. I'm not saying like, oh, okay, we'll give this to Syria, but it's Israel. Like they're, they have very similar ideals as we are, principles that we have, stuff like that. So I think it's something that we should be doing. So it boggles the mind that, well, at least for some people it does. Other people, uh, what is her name? Ilhan Omar. Like I can understand why she, she won't even denounce Hamas. So I could see why she would want missiles to hit Israel. Um, man, this is a negative thing to end on before the interview. Let me find, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find one thing. I'm gonna do some, some soul searching. I'll find one thing I like, and then we'll go into the interview. All right, that was fast. I, I thought of it like almost instantly. Something that I like and I'm appreciative of, and you can only, only in America could this be a thing. Um, there was there. I went on a camping trip a few, like not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Um, somebody said that in a capitalistic society like America, which isn't truly capitalistic, but whatever, he was like he's amazed by the number of ways you can make money, and I'm like exactly. That's that's what's so great about it. There, there is an endless amount of ways for, for creativity to produce wealth for people. Endless. You can't think of all of them. It's just like music, right? There's always going to be new music and new things and new ways 
to express yourself and make money. Um, and so sort of in the same vein, but a little different is, uh, I have YouTube TV and I added the sports package. So I get NFL red zone. And if you don't care about NFL football, um, we got problems, but I'll, I'll let it slide. Um, but NFL red zone, what's cool about that is that it's eight hours of football and there's not a single commercial. And what they do is they show you highlights from other games. And when a team enters the red zone, which is inside the 20 yard line on either side of the field, and they show you what happens. So I love that. I love the no commercials. I love the fact that I can keep up with every game that's going on. And it's perfect because it starts right at the beginning of the games, goes all the way through to like 8 p.m. And then there's an 8 p.m. game, usually on like CBS or ABC or something like that, Fox or something, that you just switch over to that and watch it there. So uh, whoever came up with the idea of NFL Red Zone, props to you, my friend. I understand it might be expensive to, to buy or, or whatever, but uh, I'd do it, and I'm going to do it um, because it's totally worth it. I mean, eight hours a week, and the amount of just stuff you can watch on there is uh, pretty awesome. So there, there's a pretty positive thing to end on before we I play a little clip from me and Nick's interview. So without further ado, here you go. Here's what you've been waiting for. This is part two of many. I'm not sure how many left we have, but part two, here we go. And COVID. Mm-hmm. One, COVID shouldn't have been political, but it in is. our political... Everything is. It's just yeah, it, it sucks, and I hate that. I wish yep. it wasn't political. Yeah. But um, I think that, that the way you should have sort of presented the vaccine was... If you're vaccinated, you get to go back to normal life. Yeah, and that's what like it's. That's it, not what New York's doing. Yeah, I mean, well, I, they technically are. Sorry, let me let me restate that. I, they I, are. But. I feel like having the federal government mandate you to get a vaccine just increases people people's hesitancy to get the vaccine. Yeah. Because, um, especially in the black community, they, it's not that long ago that the Tuskegee experiments. Tuskegee, yeah. Took, so they have a healthy suspicion of government vaccines and stuff. I get it. But they're blamed for all our problems. It's ridiculous. But so let's move on to something where we're going to just bounce around because okay. that's how I wrote this down. We're going to talk about the Taliban. Um, so we went from COVID to Taliban. Wow. Yeah. Just we're, we're just talking, talking about yeah. things that Joe Biden has handled poorly. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, so so I, I wrote here and I, I, I didn't come up with this line, but. Uh, we fought a 20-year war yeah. to remove the Taliban from Afghanistan yeah. just to surrender so that the Taliban could take over. Mm. And now they're our, they're our friends, but we will like shake our finger at them if they don't mm. do what they're supposed to. And you might think, oh, maybe they've changed. Maybe they've like Probably they've not. unradicalized themselves. Um, I don't believe that. There, here's an article from Friday, September 10th, so just a couple days ago. The Taliban celeb- celebrate the beheading of an Afghan soldier in a grisly video. Um, the Taliban beheaded a soldier and then chanted praise to their leader while holding the severed head by his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, does that sound like a peaceful or... I mean, that sounds very Taliban-like, right? Like pretty par for the course. Yeah. Like they haven't changed at all. Oh yeah, so I'm I'm probably gonna have a different outlook on the pullout than you probably have. Okay, so you think the pullout went well? No, okay. absolutely not. Okay. I think it was terribly done. 
Uh, it could have been better. Uh, we could have done it without losing any American lives. And we also uh, left U.S. We left, Mer- we left American money. citizens yeah. there, and that doesn't. So they, he said, and so did Chuck Schumer, said the same lie that every American that wanted to leave did get to leave. Yeah. That's not true. They just left them there, and because mm-hmm. their own um, what's his name, Blinken or something like that. Anthony Blinken, yeah, the Attorney he, General. Yeah, he Is said, he the Attorney General? No, I think it's something that he's a, a Secretary yeah. of State. Oh, see, I see. Anthony Blinken. See how much I know politics. He said, <laughs> he said that there are somewhere around uh, 100 or so, 100 yeah. to 200 American citizens who still want to leave Afghanistan. And that doesn't include green card holders and yeah. people who are legitimately allowed to go to the United States. And that doesn't even, we're not even talking about the fact that a quarter of a million Afghans were uh, evacuated from Afghanistan mm. and they're just going to get citizenship in the United States without any mm. like filter or like um, like are they, would they fit in society you know what I mean yeah so I'm going to let me share my view on yeah. the pullout and then we can talk about that so again very poorly run very mm-hmm. poorly done you know mm-hmm. um, left a lot of equipment I think we should have gone out. We and we yeah, yeah. I mean, we should have done it sooner. Trump, Obama should have done it. Trump was the one. Yeah, but Trump was the one that set the like May thirty first deadline. Yeah, yeah. He did the peace talks. He, yeah, he, he met he with was the going, Taliban. Going, yeah. he was he would probably. I mean, how hard is it to just get Americans out and leave, right? Yeah. Um, but he was, you know, getting pushed around by the Taliban on the date he was supposed to leave so he had to leave because he didn't want to upset the taliban well so so pulling out of a war is always messy there's never the the take i i've gotten a lot is it sucks to sit down with your enemy and shake their hand and say we're done Mm -hmm. i mean that there's nothing good about that but like the president of yeah. Afghanistan as soon as they like oh, were he, close to Kabul oh he gosh that was he did. the worst that shows what kind of government we were trying to help them set up yeah like, and when we awful. and when we armed them and we set them up we set them up and taught them how to fight the way America fights which is on the ground forces with yeah. heavy air support yeah. so when we left they didn't have any air support so they didn't know what to do so they surrendered and ran away and so now the Taliban is like, I guess Afghanistan, this caliphate that they're trying to create, is one of the most well-armed in the region. Yeah. And yeah, the Taliban is very friendly with Pakistan, and Pakistan hates India, so they could, you know, unite. Um, China has already come out and said that they're allies with the Taliban now. Of course they are. And China is like a known, at least a rival at minimum, but at worst an enemy to the United States so this has bad written all over it right absolutely I don't I mean there's gonna be something absolutely. absolutely terrible that comes out of this because yeah okay yeah we brought all the troops home do you I mean in the last 18 months how many people do you think uh, were killed in the line of duty in Afghanistan None. yeah like maybe like a handful I think no, less yeah, than 10 yeah. yeah but do we still send troops so the thing I have a problem with is the troops who are sending over in the last 18 months never, don't even know why we're fighting. Right. 
I, I don't know. Right. The, so when 9 11 happened, I was in moved. first grade. Yeah. And so we were there for, for what? To hold the Taliban? So to. What, 20 years when I have made a difference. Because um, the reason initially was to remove the Taliban, which I guess at that point was a terrorist group. I guess now they're not for some reason. Was because that was a, a recruiting ground, a, a breeding ground for terrorist activity. The whole region is. Yeah, and so they wanted to, I guess it was George W. Bush wanted to wipe them out, and so they didn't have a place to plan another nine eleven. Um, and to that extent, he was somewhat successful. But then it kind of morphed into different things, into nation building, into teaching them. We should never be in a nation. And it's building. like when these people have been. You know, in a in a society that is so different than American culture for so long, you can't just teach them how to Absolutely. be different in one generation, right? Oh. It takes a lot more than that. So yeah, I agree. I think it should have been more of a because that's what I hate about the last couple of wars that America's fought, like the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Oh, it's just so messy. They don't. We don't like go all out. We kind of do drone strikes. You know, a couple yeah. of people here, a couple of people there. Like, there's no, like, if we really, like, why don't we just go ham and just bl- blow them up? I don't understand. Like, we know where they are. We, we know where the Taliban, they fight. They literally, I think there was 75,000 Taliban members and there's 300,000 Afghan soldiers plus our air support. Why didn't we just sweep through everywhere? I, I don't know. Well, I, it, because more Afghan civilians were killed than yeah, but well, that's bad. Like so, it's crazy. I, I, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Like, I hate that we lost so many people. But like, I hate it. Joe but, Biden, in his after he had, was done pulling out, he like blamed the Afghan army because they weren't fighting. They surrendered too quickly. Yeah. I'm like, more Afghans died during this 20 year period than Americans. It's not fair to say that they, they weren't fighting for their country. Yeah. You abandoned them. How? What, what were they were supposed to? They they thought you they had your you had their back and no. then you didn't. So they panicked and ran away. We we gave it I, again. I it I it's so messy. and we couldn't even get our it's, stuff out. We left yeah. all that stuff there. But all those so planes, would five I, years would five years make a difference? I don't think five years would have made a difference. Well, I'm saying just like a get all the American citizens out. Mm-hmm. B, I mean, I, I just don't think you should. Ta- the Taliban is a terrorist organization, and so yeah. acknowledging them at a you know international level is not good. It, it's awful. They're very, I mean, they're very friendly. They were they were very friendly to Osama bin Laden, and they didn't yeah. like when we killed them. So it's like they clear and they and I just read you the story where they celebrate, they do beheadings just yeah. in the public like that. Like yeah. they're crazy people. So my pol- so this gets into my personal politics is I am very much pro America first and that that runs very very so you're, you're like like the isolationist libertarian or I, I'm Trump Trump was like that Trump was very much an isolationist I mean he did fight a lot overseas yeah but drone like drone strikes <laughs> right and he dropped a lot of bombs and stuff yeah, like that he so, did so from without afar, people yeah. I'm okay with that and that's what I'm saying I'm like yeah. we have the technology to do that because the Taliban is their fighting style and the, and the weapons that they had at that time before they got all our I can stuff. see I can see us going back to do that but I, I just don't oh, want to Biden, Biden wanna... has already said he said we're never going back to Afghanistan we're good we're done uh, but we need to fight this new 
It's called ISIS K in the case yeah. or something. Yeah. And they're in Afghanistan. He's like, we're gonna get them and kill them. So we're just gonna go don't, back. Don't. I it's don't, ridiculous. I don't want to go back. Yeah. Because I don't. I. I'm very fortunate enough mm-hmm. to not be in the army. Yeah. But I don't want to send any more troops back. But it's like, it, what it's message? What messages does this send to the rest of the world? You know, um, if let's say. Because you may you may not know this, but I did a, a podcast episode on like the you know last hundred years of Chinese history, and there was a Chinese revolution that led to Mao taking over, okay. and so the actual the the government that was in power that got that got overthrown went retreated to Taiwan, oh, so gosh, people in oh, Taiwan gosh. consider themselves the true China. Yeah. Right? So there's a heavy conflict Golly. there. Oh. So if China just all of a sudden either invaded or just straight up annexed mm-hmm. through force Taiwan would America do anything about it and if not America then who but I don't think it's our job to put it people so I, I, I lived is. overseas I lived overseas and that was my number one complaint that was heard to me is like why do y'all think you're the police of the world because we are who else is going to do it but do we have to? That's the thing. Like, it's for our. It's like for our best interests to do that. I mean, maybe because like, like is, if if China can just annex another sovereign nation, and there's no one there to stop them, what's to say they're just not gonna just keep going? Same thing with Russia and Ukraine. It's just so mad. I don't know. I I hate because I I'm not willing to go into the army. Yeah. So I'm not willing to say like I want like, other people to fight. For it's that, like you know like, if at the beginning we had that mentality. Like before we ever had bases everywhere in the world, before all that stuff, maybe. But yeah. at this point, we're we're in it, right? We yeah. we, we are that. But I, so to to stop all of yeah. a sudden, right? I just think is a bad idea. Maybe we should focus on strengthening some of our other allies, so we don't have to be always the first responders. Something like that. That's America. That, but but so we, Trump was Trump the, had that mindset though. But He's the like, reason I don't want to go to war. Right. He hated NATO and he hated. Oh that yeah. Because we were basically because if you look at how much these random European countries, how much they spend uh, on defense as a percentage of their GDP, so much lower than the United States. Yeah. So. We are basically defending not only the United States, but all of Europe. That. I hate that. And all of our, so like. Oh, I hate that. Because like when you, I live in think, England, you think England is going to step in and like do anything about? Well, actually, England. I I tell you, that, England actually is pretty good because they will fight with us because British troops are right. But but well. by themselves, they're not. Oh yeah, they no, don't have the power to do that. But I don't think it's our job to police the world. I I, I think well, it, I if think they it's need too us to, yeah. I think if they need us to, that's another, like yeah. if they ask us, hey, can you come and step in? I mean, awesome. like, we're not, I mean, I don't think we're necessarily policing because if we were the police force of the world, we would have invaded North Korea, right? They're or Haiti. They're think obviously really bad. Or any of these uh, corrupt places. It, uh, any, you pick any country, uh, what was it? Um, the... Democratic Republic of the Congo, very corrupt. Oh, just dude, government, dude. dude every government, right? Corrupt. So like, we every. aren't really policemen in that sense. We're only policemen when it comes to our interests, right? And so, those the Taliban and other terrorist organizations, Hamas yeah. and ISIS, they have clear, uh, like sites. They have goals in mind of wiping out all of America. And so that's in our, it's, it's in our best interest yeah. to kill them. Yeah. Uh, Haiti, maybe not so much. But 
it's crazy because we send a lot of foreign aid to places yeah. like Guatemala, El Salvador, yeah, Honduras, pretty much every country, and those places are horribly corrupt. And so yeah. we just throw, we just give them cash. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like, how does that solve anything? I, I, I think, I think it's just all corrupt all around. I, I don't know. I've been to some of these countries, and yeah, I, I think it's, I don't, I don't know the answer to that honestly, but I just, I don't like the idea of policing. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it costs yeah. a lot of money. I get that. And a lot of lives. I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm only... The only reason I'm so passionate about that is because we... 20 years. I mean, think, think of it. That's that one of our longest wars. Yeah, 20 but, like, years. but like like I said, like over the last 18 months, uh, less than 10... Because we had a peace talk. Well, yeah. So it wasn't really a war. We were just there. Yeah, but... Just like we're there. We're in South Korea. There's like over... Yeah. You know, there's like 28, 30,000 troops in South Korea right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. But they're not, it's not a war, right? No, like, but the Korean War never officially like ended, you know? We're but they're our ally, though. South Korea is our ally. Yeah. So it's. And so was Afghanistan until we dipped. <laughs> yeah, because the we Trump Trump started the peace talk, too. Mm-hmm. So is it Trump's fault? Like, we could we can go circles around this. Yeah. I, I don't I know. It's like, it's like a what if, but it is. Yeah. Biden who executed the pullout. Oh, it was awful. And it was a it was disaster. Awful. No. I, All right. So we'll move on. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, some COVID stuff a little bit. So are you vaccinated? Yeah. When did you get vaccinated? Oh, like April. The like April as soon as after. you could. Yeah, basically. as soon as I could. Yeah. Nice. So how was that? Which which one did you get? The uh, Moderna, the, Pfizer. 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 Uh, two shots? Yeah. Yeah. Was there any side effects or anything you noticed? Actually, no. Did you get sick or anything? No, I I felt like a little down, but... Yeah, but like for a day or something. Like, that's a normal shot. Yeah. yeah. Do you think COVID vaccines should be mandated at any level of government, federal, state, and local? No, I even had a problem. I, I used to work at um, one of the medical hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, and... I was in the administrative side. I was nowhere near a hospital, but to keep my job, I had to get the flu shot. Mm-hmm. And I even felt weird about that. But I needed a job, so right. I stayed. See, I don't have a problem with private companies to, you know, demanding that you have to be vaccinated to work here. Because they're a private company, they, you, you can just yeah. not decide not to work there. That's fine. Um, but when it comes to the government doing it, that crosses a line to me. Um, so you, so you don't, if you, obviously, since you got vaccinated, you don't think COVID is a serious issue for you, right? No, I, I, so the only reason, so my, my wife's a second grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And so the only reason I, I still kind of wear a mask inside is because I can get her sick, which in turn will get her kids sick. Well, we're, yeah. And her kids can't get vaccinated. She, she's a second grade teacher. So. Right. But like the. And I have stats here about uh, children, basically yeah. seventeen and under, what their chances are of a even getting it, yeah. and b dying from it. Yeah, it's incredibly low. Yeah, no, it it's is basically it is. unheard of. And yeah, and even if they do get it, it's, it's usually very very mild, mm-hmm. and you don't even really know. Um, so, but how do, how do you feel towards the unvaccinated? Because I know that down oh, the left, fine. there's a lot of ire and oh, a lot of yeah. anger no, towards no, no. those people. Mm-mm. I don't like that. I I think you should have the right to not be vaccinated. I so I I was talking to someone about that actually, and I just got I got so concerned about people like you're dumb for not getting vaccinated and you're you are killing people. I'm like, 
that is one that's not gonna help people yeah. to get vaccinated yeah. Yeah. Uh, but two like you don't know the reason why they're not getting vaccinated but what if like you have you already you, know, you already have antibodies you already got it yeah. so you're already immune to it yeah why should i be forced to try this yeah you know because they skipped i mean there's only one that was officially fda approved but Pfizer, I think, they think, yeah yeah but people were getting it before that because they did like an emergency uh they they, yeah. had a lot, they validated it for emergency purposes so it didn't get go through all the hoops that normal drugs go through mm-hmm. and i mean there's even drugs that because joe rogan recently got covid oh, man. Yeah, and he said yeah. he took ivermectin. Ivermectin. And people was like, that's a horse dewormer. That's crazy. So for, but that's for the, your podcast listeners, you cannot recommend it. But I can't recommend it? Yeah. Well, I don't, I've never taken it. I don't even know how to Just get it. Just don't put this on YouTube. Because you, you, YouTube, it states that you cannot uh, it's wild. say the word ivermectin because and recommend it. The guy who invented ivermectin won a Nobel Prize for it. Yeah. And there are studies about ivermectin that call it like a wonder drug because yeah. of its yeah. antiviral properties. So I think, did Trump take that too? Yeah. 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 He and got that, better in like got, five days. Yeah. <laughs> and he's old. Yeah. Like he's a prime candidate to die from it. Like he's the exact opposite of Joe Rogan. So I'm going to ask you this question. Um, what, excluding the elderly, and I mean elderly, so basically if you're 64 or younger, what are your chances of dying? my chances of COVID-19 or just mm-hmm. in general? COVID-19. Because 100%. No, how, so according to the CDC, a COVID death is, see, I didn't, I want to do that afterwards, but just excluding the elderly, what are your chances of dying from COVID as a percentage? Like what percent Gosh. chance do you think there is that if you got, if you're 64 or younger. or younger, all the way down to zero, if you got infected with COVID, what's your chance of And we're of talking dying? about now? Yeah, right, right now. Because the hospitals are overrun I counted, I counted these uh, stats, and they were from September 9th. So. Uh, I would say around the 30%. So you, excluding the elderly, your chances of dying from COVID is 0.5%. 0.5, wow. Yeah. Just from COVID, though. Yes, and and that and, and I'll talk about how the CDC counts COVID deaths. So here's what I was deaths. thinking. Here, here's what I was thinking is because if you had COVID and you went to the hospital and you died, mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a, a more percentage. So than so, just in general. Well, we'll get to that. But then I want to ask you: What if we included the elderly? We everybody mm-hmm. ages zero to whatever. Well, given the zero point five. So what do you think if we include right, the elderly? Point zero five. Point no, it's zero point five. It's half, zero, oh, half, half a percent. percent. Half a percent. Um, let's do 0.75. So if you include the elderly, it jumps to 2%. Oh, see, I'm, a I'm terrible. I so guess. you have a 98% <laughs> chance of living if you get it. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. But that, it, that's without previous yeah, conditions. So, but do you know how a COVID death is counted? Oh yeah. If you die just, but with COVID. If you, yeah. If you die and you have a positive lab test of COVID mm-hmm. or if they think you had it when you yeah. died. So if you came in, like for example, if you had terminal brain cancer and you were given five months to live and then during that five months you got COVID yeah. and then you died of your That'd brain tumor, COVID. you'd be a COVID mm-hmm. death. It's crazy. So I counted from the CDC, I used the numbers where they just said any COVID related death, which is a very wide range of things, right? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, other than obvious trauma, like getting shot in the head or having your leg cut off, 
they wouldn't count you as that. But if you come in and you have you know some sort of ulcer or something, or you you had pneumonia and then you got COVID, it wasn't the COVID that killed you? It was the pneumonia. So um, deaths with confirmed or presumed COVID nineteen. If you died and had COVID or were, mm-hmm. were suspected to have COVID, then you're counted in the death statistics. That's crazy. So you got to imagine that it's way overblown. And what you said about the hospitals being overrun, like wh- well over 95% of those people are unvaccinated. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. just get vaccinated, right? Yeah, yeah. So, But people have a right to get sick, that they have, just like they have a right to get fat. Yeah. So my only worry with that is that and again, I, I completely agree with uh, you have the right to choose to be vaccinated or not. But at the same time, if I like got terminally ill and my hospital bed was taken from someone who was unvaccinated, just because they're just like, no one can tell me what to do, right. I would feel a little bad. But what about like someone who's obese and takes your hospital bed because they're, they're fat and they had a heart oh, attack? I mean, I would feel bad about that too. But would you have this? Would you have the same attitude towards them as you yeah. would with someone unvaccinated? I mean, yeah. Like, like why'd you eat so much, man? Yeah, like because obviously they had dude, control over that. Dude, like take a walk. Yeah, or uh, yeah. So go on a walk, man. Come on. Yeah. So I'm just saying that even at its worst, you're you have a two percent chance of dying. And if you're under, if the if you're 64 or younger, it's half a percent, and that's that's using the COVID death numbers, mm-hmm. which means anything related to COVID, yeah. if you were suspected to have COVID. So that's at like, that's worst case scenario is half yeah. a percent. Um, and I don't understand if you're vaccinated because masks do not stop you from getting it. Mm-hmm. They are designed mostly from spreading it. Yeah. So if you're vaccinated, I don't know why you would have to wear a mask. Shouldn't the unvaccinated have to wear a mask? You can still get COVID though, like a break. They call it breakthrough. Yeah, cases. but those are incredibly rare. Oh no, exactly. No, I I agree. They're, they're, and they're, they're very very mild. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because there's breakthrough cases all the time. Like I got vaccinated for chickenpox when I was a kid. Uh, I got chickenpox. Chicken so, like, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired of COVID. I mean, it's in the left's best interest to have COVID be a thing for as long as possible. How so? Because they, because they can always use that to beat someone over the head to get what they want. So, because the, the right is going to be like, wait, I don't think it's that big a deal. We need to just let people get back to their lives. Yeah. This, lo- the lockdowns had a lot of unintended consequences, right? Mm, higher yeah. rates of suicide, yeah. higher rates of yeah. depression, all that stuff. Yeah. So, it's, for the left, it's kind of, I mean, if it went away, that's like their, um, breadwinner you know that's our that's our go-to thing right now politically is to now it's you know to really go after people who are unvaccinated but it's to you know be in constant panic Mm. have the public be in constant fear of covid because people who are scared are more easily controlled i think i think the uh culture war has a lot to do with that right i think the the politicians the the democratic politicians are using that in their favor mm-hmm. that that fear and the control to their favor i don't know if they like really want it 
who really wants it? To be honest, who really wants to be in a worldwide pandemic? But culturally, they, they it's a good way to control. Because the the bureaucrats and the politicians, they will mandate and, and legislate that you have to get the vaccine. You have to wear masks and you have to isolate and everything. But they don't have to. But I don't I don't get how that would give them political power though. It gives them cultural power. They're trying not political power. Because then they could when it comes to your health, they could, everything is related to your health. So then it's a slippery slope, right, with the mandates oh, for, for COVID. Because then it's like, well, it's in your best interest to eat only these kinds of foods. It's in your best interest to do this. You could make yeah. it's, it, when you start talking about if the government's responsible for keeping you healthy. There's no limit to what they can tell you to do and what put in your body, what you can or can't. You're, you lose freedoms. So you become like Australia where... Australia just took um, way too far. There are places in southern Australia where you are forced to download an app to your phone that at random intervals it will call or text you. And if you don't respond with a selfie of where you are within 15 <laughs> minutes of getting that call or text, Australia, police... Will show up and arrest oh, you. Oh gosh, that that's too. Far. And there are people. I guarantee you, there's at least tens of a couple tens of millions of people in America that would like that. That would get. But that's that cool. would happily yeah. do that. I, I just think that's more cultural power, though. I, I just again like. All, I think politicians it, I, love power. Yeah, yeah. So culturally, like I, I just don't see how that gets in political. I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but I think what does give them political power is the abortion ban in Texas. Okay, how so? so the, it gives... Um, I didn't think the Democrats had a chance in midterms. Now I think they may have a chance if they play the abortion card. I am wildly against abortion. Yeah, but, but it, it, the, the heartbeat law is wildly popular in the American public. No, no. So here. So how are they? I think we're going to agree on abortion. So that, right, right. Yeah, but so, for the left, how is that a, a winning argument for them? So now they can use it to gain, like, hey, if you don't vote for us, we're we can repeal that. And so, yeah. so before that, that, they but, didn't really so have that, a lot of political. They were going to get argument, smoked, and they still are. Even that, that, that argument is saying that vote for us so that you can keep killing your babies. That doesn't sound like a winning uh, slogan. But for me. people want to do it. again. Like I hate abortion. I, I yeah. But pe- they're they're going to exploit that for political power. Right, and I don't think yeah. it's going to work though. No. Well, it it could. I I think I hate to say this, but you would be surprised by how many people are in favor of abortion. Right. Well, yeah. There's a lot of people who are like it's well, sad. who are like I would never get an abortion, but I don't want to tell I think someone. It's okay. that, yeah, I don't yeah. want to tell someone what to do. Um, because at the end of the day, what it boils down to is when do you think life starts? Yeah, I agree. I, I, right? I'm right there with you. Because I, I'm it, there's a lot of hypocrisy if you're pro-abortion, right? Because one day you could have a baby shower and have mm-hmm. a celebration of this baby that's in your stomach. And then the next day you could abort it as if it was nothing. Well, I think most... So why was it called a baby shower? I think most abortions happen in the first trimester. You can quote me if I'm wrong. I think it's in the first trimester, first or second. Yeah, but do you know what a fetus looks like at... Three months old looks like a little baby. No, I yeah, baby. no, I I think six weeks. I mean, is, to is have crazy. a heartbeat at six weeks, yeah. right, means that it has to have a central nervous system yeah. to pump blood around. Um, I mean, generally, things that have a heartbeat 
are alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we were to go to Mars and find bacteria, they would be like, there's life on Mars. But if that same amount of genetic material was in someone's womb, all of a sudden it's okay to just vacuum that thing out. I get it. No, it's, it's horrible. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that Texas did something about it because it wasn't law. That's the thing. Like they're the first state to put it into law. Yeah. And uh, the way they did it is it's not enforced by the state. It's yeah. uh, like a bounty thing. So I don't know how I feel about that, but I feel, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I feel like for me, it's like the Afghanistan pullout. Like it needed to happen. It was messy, but it needed to happen. So like, do you know uh, what Roe v. Wade is? Yeah. And how like how they came to that conclusion in 1973? I don't know the history of Roe v. Wade. So... I think we've talked enough about COVID. Uh, COVID is annoying. It's been around for way too long. Yeah. I hate talking about it. I know. Same. Um, next, I want to get into more general topics. Like, for you, what do you think the is the role of the federal government? Oh, goodness. So, I think it's actually... It's changed a little bit, but it's still the same. And I'll mm-hmm. explain that. So... Um, I believe that they do have power over its citizens, but they are their only role is to take care of its citizens. Because mm. um, then, if we didn't have a federal government, we we, we would be an anarchy or, or any government. Sorry, we'd be an anarchy, and I don't mm-hmm. trust anyone at that point. So I think their job is to take care of us, to to provide our rights, to protect our rights. Okay. Uh, outlined by outlined by the Bill of Rights. Um, so the the question is, to what degree is that? Right. And I've sort of wavered between that. For there's there's one in like they should come in, do something, and step back out. Whereas another one like, no, I actually need the government to take care of this. Okay. Um. So. So yeah. Do you think? what is outlined in the constitution in terms of what the federal government can do is i'm going to read i'm going to tell you because you probably don't know article one section eight first clause is congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes yeah um thank you to pay for debts and this is where people will interpret it like you said to take care of people provide for the common defense and general welfare of the united states yeah so people interpret that as an open book to do whatever they want because they can relate it to the general welfare of mm. the United States. So they have taxing power and spending power. They can borrow money. Yeah. They have the right to regulate commerce with foreign nations, right? Yep. So having like um, import taxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, to establish a, a uniform rule of naturalization. Um, so yeah. how to be a citizen, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. To coin money. I like that. Um, provide punishment of counterfeiting money. Okay. Very weird. To establish a post office. And wrote, Amen for that. Yep. Um, <laughs> I love the post office. He so, said sarcastically. <laughs> to uh, constitute tribunals inferior inferior to the Supreme Court. Okay. Um, this has stuff stuff against pirates. <laughs> 
to really de- to, it has something against pirates? to define and punish what piracies and felonies committed on the high seas what to declare war to raise and support an army provide a navy to make rules for the government and regulation of land and naval forces um to provide for calling forth the militia to execute laws of the union it kind of goes on but nowhere in here just nowhere nowhere in here does it say uh you know we need to the the federal government needs to declare a war on drugs the federal government has the power to declare war on poverty the federal government has the ability to tax your income yeah they have the ability to levy taxes but there was no notion of an income tax until 1913 or whatever. I think you tax... Like, you taxed things. Yeah, you tax things, Consumption. But taxation is, like, also a way to sort of limit that thing, too. So why would I... Why would you want to tax something... That's why I have against um, Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax. Yeah. It's like, why would you tax... That, that would just stop people from... Like, fine, I'm not going to earn that... I want to go to that threshold and just stop. Right. People will say like, oh yeah, back in the 50s, there was the top marginal tax rate was 90%. Oh You're like, gosh. okay, well, that's fine. You know how many people actually paid that percentage? No. No one did. Because no. there's loopholes and ways to get around it. Did you see what the... Uh, just like there are today. Did you see what the IRS, they had a report that said like how much money wealthy people were like withholding or something? Or like, mm-hmm. That's so much money. But yeah... So we'll get back. We'll get to that yeah. later on. But so the the role of the federal government, in my opinion, basically is as libertarian as you can kind of get. Okay. If basically national defense, we need a defense. Yeah. So protect our borders, right? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Everything else should be relegated to the states. I love that. Okay. Because. If you are living in a state and they pass a law you don't like, yeah, you could just move. Yeah. If the federal government passes a law you don't like, yeah, you'd have to li- immigrate to a different country. Yeah. So. Which, what country is better than the U.S.? So yeah, the federal being a federalist, which is the idea of you okay. know, having more state power than yeah, yeah, is kind of going by the wayside, right? Um, so because when you think about the federal government and you think about them mm-hmm. taking over all of healthcare. They took over student loans. How's that going? Um, <laughs> has the federal government ever successfully done anything, to your knowledge? Like, effectively and on time? Like, Oh, no. Like, so the, the example I use for that is, like, think about if the government was tasked to make the first iPhone. Right. We would still be on iPhone 1. Yeah, it'd be terrible. Um, so I said here, like, maybe World War II... Like that was successful. Oh, like going in, yeah. Yeah, like it, we got, we helped win that war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even that's kind of iffy. Outside of that, like you, I it, think the moon landing helping out with the moon landing. Yeah, but that they were it was incredibly expensive. Yeah. So only the government could do it because no one was going to be able to make a profit off that. Yeah. So I guess you could say the space race, but. Um, that was through contracting out to private businesses, giving them money and stuff like that to build so the whole thing though to build certain parts of the rocket. Yeah, oh, okay. It wasn't just all federally like the, it's not like Buzz. I mean, he was a federal employee, but the people who built the pieces of the rocket yeah. ship, those people were contractors. But they actually organized it though. 
Right. I mean, if NASA is in charge, right? Because yeah. they have the money. Yeah. But the people who are doing the actual yeah. innovation and stuff. But think about how that fee. I, I, I'm just giving one example, and that was in the 60s. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. I, and it's like, I really can't think of anything they do well. Right? Because if you think, if you want Medicaid for all, mm-hmm. right? You want healthcare for everybody. Um, have you ever been to the VA? Have you ever been to the post office? Because that's what you're going to get. Yeah. When you make something free, every, it, all, it gets worse, yeah. right? Because everybody wants it. So um, like in, in England or even in Canada, they have socialized health care. The average wait time to get an MRI is like six or eight weeks. Mm. Um, where in America, I could get an MRI like today. Yeah. And a good example of like free... Cause Health insurance and healthcare in the United States isn't really free market, right? There's a lot of regulations around oh, health insurance um, and med- medical care in general. Um, because whenever you go to a doctor's appointment or the hospital, you don't ask how much is, is this going to cost. You know, you don't shop around; you just go. I know because that? your insurance takes care of it. Yeah, you don't. You don't really. You actually know. go to your insurance. Like, how much is this going to cost? You? Yeah, like yeah. So. Why wouldn't the hospital or the doctor charge as much as, as, much as they yeah. can against the insurance company? Yeah. And a good example of free markets doing well in healthcare is LASIK eye surgery. Mm-hmm. 15 I years agree. ago, it used to be like 20K per eye. Mm-hmm. Now it's like $1,000 yeah. total. Yeah. And it takes like five seconds. Yeah. And that's because it's been able to, because it's not covered by insurances. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a cosmetic thing, even though your eyes are like a vital organ. Yeah. Um, but that's gotten cheaper, better, in quality. There's more choices. Like, mm-hmm. that's an example of how it should be for everybody in terms of healthcare. I don't. I don't like the fact that healthcare is tied to your job. Oh, I hate that. And getting I and getting your own personal. And, but it. it oh. I understand the idea because insuring human beings when they are like if you're old like if you say you're you know 61 or 60 yeah um you're going to be going to the doctor probably way more often than somebody who's 22. so i I actually you bring up a good point i i do the payroll and stuff for my job i run the fringe and i make our budgets Uh and it's a lot A a person's a lot of money yeah i had someone whose health insurance was well into the thousands. Yeah, and so it's the it's it's healthy. That's why whenever your employer will go to like Cigna or Blue Cross Blue Shield and be like, "Well, I have 150 employees, and so we'll buy just from you, mm-hmm. but because I'm, it, we're bringing you a bulk amount of people, we get like a discount." Yeah, but it's the healthy people who never use their insurance. Exactly, they're subsidizing the sick people mm-hmm. who actually oh, use awesome. it. It just costs so much money. Yeah, where like, like think about your salary can increase because your job took out health insurance. Right, that sounds amazing. Yeah, um, and you also use that money to go get some health insurance. What if like instead of your job, it was like your community got together mm. and organized themselves, and they got health insurance as a community, right? Mm. Or like churches, churches, members of the church. The I don't know. They they'd have to. It, there's got to be a better way, right? There's, there's I don't a, think yeah. the way it is now is not good, and then the, the proposed solution is not good. Yeah. So there's something in between that I think is the right answer, and that usually is the government getting out of the way with less regulation and letting people choose. Yeah. 
So I agree. So the next thing I want to, because when I asked this question about have has the government ever done anything successfully, I talked about the war on drugs and the, and I said the war on poverty. Um, do do you know how much? So it was LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, yeah. who started the Great Society, the War on Poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, since this is a podcast, there's no visuals, but there is a graph of before 1964. Mm-hmm. what the poverty rate was doing before 1964 and then what it's done after. So since the war on poverty started, it's basically flatlined in terms like the poverty rate has basically stayed the same. The amount of Americans as a percentage like above and below. No, so like oh. it's like 14%, 15% of, oh, of Americans okay. I thought are you considered like the, pro- the poverty below line poverty. has stayed consi- like no, the, yeah. the threshold, sorry. You know, the, the the poverty rate, the amount of money you make changes year to year because yeah. of inflation and stuff. But yeah, as a percentage of the population, it stayed pretty much the same. Okay. But if you look at before they implemented the Great Society and started you know, all these entitlement programs, um, poverty, poverty was already going down at a steady yeah. rate. And so I don't understand. It's kind of, it's an interesting thought experiment. If you were to say the opposite was happening, let's say, they were, we were already spending tons of money on yeah. uh, poverty fighting measures and it was going down and then libertarians got in power and they cut all that spending and then it leveled off. Mm-hmm. People would be like, what the heck? Why'd you do that? We yeah. were like, we were destroying poverty. Yeah. But when the opposite happens, no one says a thing. Yeah. We were, we were already, people were already getting richer and richer and you know, more, less and less people were being considered poor and then they created the great society and poverty is pretty much the same for the last 50 years yeah. and in 50 since this this article is from 2012 and it's and so it's like kind of old still so it's probably even more than this number but um it says that uh since the war on poverty was declared in mm-hmm. 1964 50 years after that we've spent the america america the united states has spent Twenty-two trillion dollars on yeah. anti-poverty programs. So, which and that doesn't include Social Security or Medicare. Um, and that amount is three times the cost of all military wars in U.S. history since the American Revolution. Dang. And what has it done? What has it gotten us? You gotta know when you you have lost. Yeah, I mean, but it, it helps. I don't think Lyndon B. Johnson really actually cared about poverty. He cared about, well, if I just give these people stuff, money, mm. food, just I just give it to them for free, they're gonna vote for me, mm. right? They're gonna vote blue forever. Because why would you, as uh, a net negative in society, you're taking more than you're putting out. Why would you ever vote for those things to be taken away from you? Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, Political tactic. That's it. That was the political tactic in Fast Five. Have you seen that movie? No. Uh, uh, it was in um, Brazil, mm. and it was like a drug lord in charge of the slums. And he's like, I just give them free stuff, so they want me to stay here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big critique on democracy. Um, yeah, I get that. And what's what's funny is that I don't know if you remember the Michael Moore movie. Um, oh, Michael Moore. Back back in the day. Because he would go, he went to Cuba because they have socialized medicine. Yeah. Um, and they, they're, 
supposedly their child, their birth um, mortality rate for the mom or the baby, their you know the the baby newborn mortality rate is lower than the United States, which is which means their healthcare is way way better than ours. Yeah. But you know who reports those numbers? The Cuba. Cuba. Right? <laughs> yeah, Cuba does. <laughs> it's the same thing with if you Google the literacy rate in China. They'll, they'll say, like, oh, oh it's like gosh. 98%. But oh who reports that gosh. number? China. That's so crazy. Because you they know, have something to gain. You know how they, they lower infant mortality rate or newborn mortality rate in Cuba? Is that if you're born and you, let's say you're a baby, you're born, but you die you know, within like a month of being born, they just don't count you. You just, you were never really. You were never a You never really existed to begin God, with. Oh my gosh. It's crazy, isn't it? That's so awful. So, um. That's messed up. How much do you think is, because there's in the federal budget, there's two things. There's discretionary spending and there's non-discretionary spending. So discretionary spending is obviously, it's at their discretion. That is changing every year. Yeah. And inside of the discretionary budget is the entire DOD budget. Yeah. So theoretically, the DOD budget could be zero. Yeah. Right? If they wanted to. But there is something that's non-discretionary, that's mandatory, and that's Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid, and unemployment, and other anti-poverty things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in their, the government from the White House itself, they're expected to spend a little over six trillion dollars yeah. in 2022. Um, more than 65 percent of that is for mandated benefits, the ones I just told you about. Mandatory spending is estimated at. A little over four trillion hmm. for 2022, but they're estimating to only make, and they call it revenue, but it's not. It's not you're, you're you're stealing. It's not revenue. You, you're not selling anything. Yeah. Right. You're not creating you're a product. You're just taking it from me. They're estimating they're only going to receive 4.1 trillion, so they barely have enough to pay for mandatory spending. And and that mandatory spending includes interest on debt, so where there's going to be this two trillion dollar deficit in one year mm-hmm. um and in, in a best case scenario because they're the way social security there's a trust fund and they do a report every year yeah telling you when they think they're going to run out of money and that right now it used to be 2035 and now it's 2034 is when they're going to run out of money because more and more people are retiring, getting old. Dude, we have the most every day. old people in the, yeah, um, in life, in the in lifetime. I looked up that uh, prediction on the number of Americans that will be 65 or older by 2040. And it's 80 million. Oh, and, and that's just in the U.S.? And it, and it, yeah, right. Yeah, because obviously um, we're not paying for other people's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. something's going to happen, right? You, you, you gotta, we gotta do something now because the longer we wait, yeah, the harder and terrible it's going to be later, right? Because someone's going to pay for that, right? And it's right now the old people don't give a crap because it's not going to be them; they'll be dead. What's going to happen? It's going to be us and yeah, our kids. Yeah, we're not going to get social security. No, but, but we're, we're paying, paying into it. it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what's going to happen. And what's interesting is that there is a max amount you can pay into for social security tax, right? So up to your first like $137,000, you pay like 6% of that. So, um, but the amount that is uh, taxed from your income 
has increased consistently yeah. every single year. It sucks. I hate looking at my paycheck. So, um, yeah, it's terrible. And so I said here, either the government will have to raise taxes and or have harsh austerity measures for Social Security and other entitlements. So, like raising the retirement age to like 70. So you have to work until you're 70. Dang. Oh my gosh. Um, because right now, the ben- the money you get back, because people are living longer yeah. than they predicted in the 40s. <laughs> um, or I guess in the 30s when they created Social Security. Yeah, right. People are living longer than they're supposed to. So they're getting more out of the government than they paid in to yeah. these taxes. So they're either going to have to raise taxes. And I said and or because they might have to do both. Yeah. Raise taxes on everybody because it's not it's not going to be enough if you just like, like even if you taxed everybody, every dollar you make over a million is taxed at 100 percent. It's basically confiscated from you. Mm-hmm. So the maximum money you can make is a million. That's still not enough money to pay for, you know, anything That's that these so people are proposing. Uh, or- so here, here's what I think about that. And I'm going to sound like a lefty, but I think it makes sense. And I think it's something that we can all be like rally up against is that the IRS report was astonishing. Just how many, how many, uh, how much money was not paid in taxes. Mm. I feel like if, if the IRS like has to hunt me down because I didn't pay my taxes, they certainly should hunt like Jeff Bezos down. Right. But he's following the law. It's in the, he's not breaking any laws. Uh, yeah. So I, I think what, I think what I, I don't want so taxes we, to be raised. We I agree. just want, that's just something yeah. that the right and left agree on is that the yeah. tax code sucks. No, yeah, I agree. So we yeah. should just start over, right? Yeah, no, I think it's just tie, like get rid of subsidies. The yeah. government should not be subsidizing anything Mm-mm. because that's picking winners. That's crony capitalism. There should remove all loopholes. Why is the tax code tens of thousands of pages, right? When only the first like seventeen talk about taxes like income, and yeah. the rest are deductions, right? Why has it got to be that complicated? Yeah. And also, if they're projecting to receive $4.1 trillion in fiscal year 2022, mm-hmm. uh, how come that's not enough to run the government? People. Like $4.1 trillion in taxes, in, in taxes they get, and they still are going to spend $2 trillion more than that. As soon as they just, like, hey, we need a team of 50 people to run this one small program and... All that. Yeah, because Damn. it's like Andrew Yang, when he was running for president, his idea was like, we'll, we'll get rid of all these entitlement programs, cut that amount in half, and then just send checks to you directly. Yeah. So there's no middleman because yeah. at every level of government that it passes through to get to you, it loses money. Yeah. Just like um, raw materials, when they get transferred mm, in this, to a product, yeah. they get more and more expensive, right? Yeah. Because it's turned turned into something. Um so like, I think I've talked about it on, on a podcast before, and I've I've obviously talked about it with you. Um, but like, it seems like you, you and I agree that if like our progressive tax rate were to like go up across the board, like the top income bracket was like eighty percent, and it was like for people who make over a million dollars, yeah, eighty eighty cents out of every dollar after that yeah. is paid in taxes to the government. That would obviously have very bad ramifications for businesses and everything no so that that's the thing i'm like 
don't raise it. Just be more strict no, with because people who are not paying taxes. When they talk about the, the people's fair share, um, it's not a secret. You can Google it. It's well known because the IRS you know, creates budget or uh, reports about every you know, fiscal year. And they tell you based on what, you know, uh, what is it called? Quintile or whatever, uh, how much they pay. So you can look at the top 1% of wage earners in the United States, 1% of people paid 40% of all income tax. The bottom 50% paid nothing. So what is exactly their fair share? Oh, I don't. There's no number to that. I think. I think I am just very simplistic on this. Is like, if you, because the because the you way have a mil, if you are a billionaire like Jeff Bezos, I'm not. I don't want to single. He's just the name is just popping in my head. Mm-hmm. If Jeff Bezos wasn't paying his taxes and hiring people to write, uh, do his taxes in a way he doesn't have to pay anything, wouldn't you want to do that too if you're him? I would, but I don't. I just don't think that's fair, right? Because I, I can't do that, right? So, but also I, Jeff like, Bezos, his when you look up his net worth, right? His net worth because he's the owner of Amazon. Yeah. That net worth is if he were to liquidate all of Amazon, so sell everything they have, yeah, all course, the warehouses, yeah. all the vans. He doesn't have two hundred billion I, what a, in a fill, pool. Fill in the blank of rich person. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Rich people don't have. Liquid. That's why you know. Last night when there was this anonymous donation of a hundred k oh, yeah. to the at church, you people don't. It's a bad idea to just have liquid cash sitting around because it's not doing anything. Yeah. Even if it's in a savings account, it's not the interest you earn just yeah. from the savings account is like two percent or something. It's like yeah. less than the rate of inflation. Um. So usually you'll have it in real estate or you'll have it tied up in really safe stable stocks mm-hmm. <clears throat> which they're hard to get money out of really yeah. quickly i'm not saying jeff bezos doesn't have a lot of liquid cash on him i'm just saying i get it yeah because yeah. i in a, in a previous podcast and i might be able to pull I, I don't know if i kept the notes on it but uh, i did some googling that if you just in terms of liquid wealth if you yeah. confiscated uh the top one percent liquid wealth all their money that they have in their 401ks yeah. their checking account their saving account and in other retirement plans, if you t- just took all of it, mm-hmm. you could only fund the government for like eight months. No, I agree. I, I think, again, I, I have a very simplistic idea when it comes to taxes. Yeah. It's like, I don't believe, like, if I don't pay my, me, mm-hmm. I don't pay my taxes in three years, the, the IRS has three years to zero out what I owe. Yeah. And I can get go to jail mm-hmm. I don't I, I work in non-profit I don't make that much right so I just don't think it's fair to to do that I, I think you you should get a bill because the the federal government unfortunately has that right right now mm-hmm. to, to say you owe this much in taxes mm-hmm. here's how we figure that out mm-hmm. here's the numbers we crunched uh, you gotta pay this right yeah. Because if I have to with my my nonprofit, my wife's my wife's a second grade teacher. I work in nonprofit. We don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if I have to do that and risking jail time, I, I think it's more than fair to do that with richer people. So I would, if we still kept the progressive tax rates, right? Yeah. If we still had a progressive tax code. Yeah. It should be less complicated. 
right? Yeah, there should be only like three levels maybe. But what about like even just, oh, even if we just kept the income tax and it was just a flat income tax across um, the board. Um, I, even that I don't really like. The idea of a consumption tax makes more sense, right? Yeah. If you had a sales tax of 12 or 15%, mm-hmm. so, and you made it so that your first, because the poverty, poverty line right now is like 24K yeah. for a household of four, which is insane. <laughs> um, you, why are you having kids if you're, whatever. But um, if you, that first 24,000 yeah. is untaxed. So if you make less than that, you don't yeah. pay any taxes. So your first 24,000 untaxed. After that, you pay the 12 or 15% mm-hmm. consumption tax. And that would help because I, in a previous episode, I also talked about uh, a flat tax to a consumption tax um, would cover this, the black market, which is all dealt in cash, right? Yeah. Um, what an episode, am I right? What a, uh, what an interview. We still got many, many more hours to go. Um, so I want to end this episode on something that I struggle with when it comes to my intense burning hatred for people. Um, I struggle with not hating people, uh, especially when they hate me back. You know, I feel like the entire left, the entire Democratic Party, the entire establishment media um, really disagrees and dislikes who I am and what I believe and why I do things. And my only response is to hate them back. But I know that's not right. That's not the right thing to do. It's not it's not right to to respond with hate with more hate. You just you just add to the hate pile. And I don't want to do that. But good Lord, is it difficult, man. It's difficult to to listen to these politicians that you heavily, heavily disagree with. And they still have their seat. And there's nothing you can do because you don't live in their district. You don't live in their state. You don't, you, you don't live where their constituents live. So, I mean, thank God that I have, you know, Tim Scott... I mean, we tolerate Lindsey Graham. Uh, it's sort of a, a devil that you know versus a devil that you don't know. I think it's that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, I, I would pick somebody else, but I would rather have Lindsey Graham than uh, some other random rube in there. So, um, but I am very proud of Tim Scott. I'm, I'm, I like I liked Jim Dement when he was in there for Senate. When it comes to Congress, um, I don't really care, man. They don't. They don't do anything. I know they matter in their own way, but there's a lot of them, and I think senators obviously have a lot more power than obviously the president has. The ultimate power is the end to veto, but then I mean he could be uh, overrided, and the law could be can go through, but. You know, when I listen to AOC, when I listen to the mainstream media, which is kind of insane to to say out loud, the mainstream media. You know, I'm not talking about some website that uh, only a few people visit or some obscure Twitter user. I'm talking about CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all kinds of news outlets 
just purvey like falsity, false premises. They don't hold uh, different people to the same standard. They don't do what they claim to do. When you have George Stephanopoulos, you know, doing presidential debates, doing presidential town halls, and that man was literally a uh, political operative for the Clintons, and somehow he has a job as a, uh, a non-biased journalist. That's a joke. That is an absolute joke, and no one takes you seriously. Um, recently, they had Climate Night on all the late-night television shows. Did anybody tune in? I saw a clip um, on a different late-night show that I actually enjoy, which is Greg Gutfeld's show, where they showed a clip from Stephen Colbert's show on Climate Night, and he did this song dance rendition about getting the vaccine. It was so cringy, so bad, so unfunny, so uninteresting, so just, uh, I don't know, undigestible. Like if you were to eat it, you were to swallow it, you would your body would immediately be like, this is not what we need, and you'd throw it back up. Um, so in the future, I'm gonna release more of these, these parts Spaced out, of course, because I gotta, you know, I gotta get my value out of it. But we're we're planning already in the future, me and Nick, on doing a less political show and more. Um, how would you? I guess I would say more personal and not political. Uh, political is low hanging fruit. It's easy to talk about. It's easy to get jazzed about. But uh, talking about things that we personally care about and that are a little bit closer to home is probably more exciting so look out for that i know i've been kind of slacking on the consistency of these podcasts it's just just hard work you know if i if i want to make it past an hour i want to have a podcast that that is you know rich and full of uh diverse comedy diverse takes um and interesting things to talk about not just numbers not just facts not just Things that I'm interested in, but things that you guys might also be interested in. Uh, it takes time to research, record, edit, you know, put it together and, and post it. So I hope you appreciated this this episode. Uh, for all my loyal listeners, which in my mind I can only think of like a handful, I appreciate you. Um, I love you. And... Um, yeah, I, I, I want to keep doing this. I want to be more consistent. So I'm going to try to be more on the ball with this kind of stuff. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys in the next one very soon. And uh, that's it. Thanks.